This is our English year. We are still looking at letters from exactly 50 years ago. And today we're looking at the same letter that we looked at yesterday, but for an entirely different part. As I told you in yesterday's year, the, the, these these uh, Klali Prati letters are treasure troves. They really are. So the Rebbe will write a letter to an entire community, and then below the line, he will answer people's individual questions line by line. And uh, I don't know, we might pull we might pull 10 shiurim from this letter. That's the truth. Each of these, each of these little one-liners from the Rebbe are entire stories. Hamichtavim niskablu. The Rebbe says, I've received your letters. In response to the thing that you wrote to me, first of all, don't come here for Tishrei. I don't know why they asked. I don't know what the situation was. This is obviously not a Heirat Some people do come for Tishrei. For this individual, the Rebbe didn't want them for Tishrei. The part we're going to focus on is Bez. It seems you're interested in learning uh, ringside wrestling. Zira is a, a wrestling ring. So professional show wrestling. Hisapkos uh, is a form of wrestling. So I don't know if this is professional wrestling, like the way that we call it in the United States, where it's a uh, where professional wrestling means uh, means that it's acting, or whether this is a professional wrestling, like uh, like high school wrestling, and where, where where they're actually grappling with each other. I don't know. But in response to your question that you want to learn professional wrestling, mufrach, uh, don't. I'm pained by the fact that you even thought this would be a good idea. Not an answer you want from the Rebbe. I'm pained that you even had the thought that maybe you should go into this field. We don't have many more details about this letter. There's one that was printed in Hecham and Acham. It says up here that the writer had asked that he had a bit of a history with wrestling. He knew a little bit about it, so he already had a bit of a talent for it. And he had a bit of a talent and suspected he could make a good deal of money and he could therefore help himself and also help Meistus Chabad. So he figured he could donate better to, to the Meistus Chabad and he could also become quite wealthy himself. He had a chush for this. So he writes to the Rebbe saying, look, I, I have a skill. We all have talents. My talent is uh, is, is wrestling people and I, ringside in, in rings, I don't know, wrestling people in wrestling rings. Uh, can I use this as a way of making money? And the Rebbe says back, I'm surprised you would even ask. Uh, not surprised, I'm pained. I'm pained by even the Kasakadaitach that you think it's appropriate for you to be wrestling for a show. He doesn't say exactly why. There's quite a few things here that could be upsetting the Rebbe. One thing could be we don't know who the author is. Um, they always tell us below the line when the Rebbe says nice things, but they never tell us below the line when the Rebbe says something like, So we don't know who wrote this to the Rebbe. It could be that this was uh, some big mashpia. You know, it could be this was some chsidish person. The Rebbe thought that it was inappropriate for that individual. Totally possible. Could be that the Rebbe doesn't like the showman aspect of it, doesn't want people becoming professional athletes. I have no idea. Could be that the Rebbe doesn't like the physical aspect of it, people beating each other up. I suspect that's what it is, um, especially given the well-known Pesach of the Shulchan Aruch Harav on this issue. Normally, if we were going to do a lacha, I would take you all the way back to Shas and Poskin, and we would look at regular Shulchan Aruch as well. However, you should be aware that anybody who wants to talk about the sogya of martial arts, of boxing, of wrestling, of one person hitting another person with permission, or uh, to cause a minimal amount of damage, you know, not to, not not the normal chayvul sogyas, they all quote the Shulchan Aruch Harab because he has a very unique opinion on this, and for us, that's very important because he's ours, right? This is the Altareva. So I want to just do some of the some of this uh, inside I have on your screen. This is the Shulchan Aruch Harav and Cheshem Mishpat Hilchas Nizke Guf Benefesh Vidineim. Just look at Sif Aleph together. Lay down some of the groundwork. And Sif Aleph, I have it on your screen. The Alter Rebbe writes, Also, Lord and Lahakas is Chaveira Vimiko Evibaleisase. It is first of all also to hit somebody. It's also it's not just bad midas. It is an Isidaraisa. If you are if you do hit somebody, you are Evanaleisase. So this should be the end of the discussion when it comes to things like boxing, right? Not so much, but that's the way that we're thinking right now. And our mindset right now sounds like I'm Evanaleisase if I hit somebody, and that's it. 
There's a pasuk of Rebbe Hayim ben Akesadasha, Arbaim Yakeno le Yosef, Pen Yosef. The Torah is very careful to tell us when we're when we're giving out Malkus that we're not allowed to give even one more than the amount that is prescribed. So the Atarebbe says, as Joshua from the Gemara as well, that if the Torah is so careful that we shouldn't even give one extra patch to a Russia who's getting a, who's getting Malkus, certainly we need to be very strict about hitting somebody who is not high of Malkus, even one extra hit. And even somebody who raises his hand to hit his friend, even if he doesn't actually hit him. I'm sure you heard this growing up in school. I tell my kids this all the time. Even raising your hand gets you din rasha. Because says to the rasha, he didn't say, why did you hit that guy? Why are you going to hit that guy? Anybody who does hit his friend, uh, if you know violent people, listen up, tell them this. Anybody who does hit their friend, they're muhram. They stand in a cherem of kadmenim. They have a, uh, they have a, they have a, uh, an old, old cherem on them. for the minion asara, and they should not be counted for a minion. So if you know somebody who hit somebody, they shouldn't be counted for a minion. Uh, for any davashim uh, until, uh, until this person accepts to listen to the din of Bezdin and goes to Bezdin over the issue. So uh, this is Shulchan Acharav. This is not a Gemara I'm quoting you. This is uh, relatively recent. This was written, what, 300 years, 200 years ago, give or take? And uh, it's our al Tereba, It's brat le'alacha. And somebody who hits doesn't count for a minion. They're ever alive. They have to go to Bezdin. They're in a cherem. Terrible stuff. Let's take a look in Sif Beis. Let's say somebody hits his friend, but he just gives him a slap across the face. He doesn't hit him in a way that causes even damage of a Shava Pruta, but he does hit him. Look at that. It says, since there's no Chi of Mamun, he doesn't owe any payment for it because he didn't do enough damage to cause damage. Now the other dinim of the Terra kick in, and that is he's Chayav Malkus Minatera. This person did a lot. So the Altarebbe holds. Now, the reason why the Altarebbe is saying this, just context, is that if you look in Shulchan Arach, Mechaber says that if you hit somebody less than a Shava Pruta, that you're Pater. You don't owe them any money. The Altarebbe says, yeah, you're Pater from the money, but you're not Pater from the din that there's a lav involved, so you still get Malkus. As a matter of fact, now you really get Malkus because there's no Mamun. So there's no payment. So obviously, Malchus. Let's say he started it. Let's say the other guy started. This guy started with me. He started fighting with me. And he egged me on with words. He said real nasty things to me. Even if my friend hit me first, he hit me first. Sorry, I want to put the period there. Even if he hit you first, it's still going to be a lav daraisa. So if someone comes up to this, comes up to you and hits you, you hit them back. You're over a lav daraisa. That's it. Even if he go, even if he goed you on with words, even if he said the sort of things that uh, that that make a person want to hit you, there is an exception. This does not apply if the guy stopped hitting you. So if this person, uh, I'm sorry, this only applies if the guy stopped hitting you. This only applies if he hit you once and then that was it. You're not allowed to retaliate by hitting. However, self defense is permissible. If this guy keeps hitting you, then you're allowed to hit him in order to save yourself. But only if there is no other way for you to save yourself. So you're obligated to run away. If you can't run away, you have to hit. And if you could have saved yourself by giving him a small smack, you're not allowed to hit him a hard smack. Also, if you see one of your friends and they're going to get hurt, you can't uh, you can't save them without hitting their aggressor. Mitzvah that becomes a mitzvah to hit. Uh, so he gives exceptions to this rule when it comes to self defense. But in a normal case, you're not allowed to hit somebody. Now, the part we need, I wanted this background. The part we really need 
is in the Shulchan Archav Cheshemesh Bat Hilchas Niske Guf Benefesh Vidinem. Look in Sif Dalit. I've underlined it for you. This right here is where the Alter Rebbe, something the Alter Rebbe said above also departs from the norm, but this is very special. Look at that. It is also to hit your friend, even if he gives you permission to hit him. This would seem to be the end of martial arts and all physical sports that involve hitting another person. Because it would seem to be the end of boxing, would seem to be the end of sparring in martial arts, unless you're just going to hit a punching bag. It would seem to be the end of wrestling. The Altadeva says here that it is also to damage your friend, also to hit your friend, even if he gives you a rishos, even if he gives you permission. Because nobody has permission, nobody has control over their own body. You're not even allowed to deprive yourself of food and drink. You are simply not allowed. You don't have permission. You don't have, the word here isn't permission. You don't have authority. You don't have authority over your body, so you don't have the right to give permission for someone to hit you. There's an Elim Kane here. Elim Kane, Eisendech Chuva. The exception to this is Chuva. If somebody wants to, because sometimes suffering is good for you. This saves you from uh, from hell. So it's mutter to fast for chuva. Somebody who is good at fasting, they can even fast in ways that are not bederach chuva. In order to make their soul a little cleaned out. Basically, he's saying, unless this is a teva, unless this is a good thing that you're hitting them, we don't have rishos to ever hit another person. So it sounds like from here that when the Rebbe says in our letter that he's uh, he's what he might mean is that anybody who knows the Shulchan Archerav and anybody who knows how we paskin knows that the, he was asking the Rebbe for permission to do a professional lao. So he's asking the Rebbe, you imagine writing to the Rebbe saying, I'd like to be a murderer for a living, or I'd like to be a, <laughs> I'd like to be a, uh, an Eichel Trefus for a living. The, uh, the, this person in the Rebbe's mind, I think, was writing to the Rebbe saying, can I please do a lav in order to make money? And the Rebbe saying back, what are you kidding me? The Shulchan Archerav already said that it's a lav. Possibly. Um, this is definitely the Rebbe's position about professional wrestling. That's all we know for sure. Is this applicable to martial arts, to boxing, to other fields? Looking at the Shulchan Aruch, it sounds like from the Alta Rebbe that it would be also for a person to engage in boxing. Because the Alta Rebbe says that even a light hit and certainly and even a hit with permission is also because a person doesn't have the right to give you permission to hit them. Um, I'm not sure how this goes with a guy. I don't know if uh, I don't I don't know what the dinamar regarding a Jew hitting a guy. This is regarding two Jews. It would sound like you're not allowed to two Jews wouldn't be able to box with each other or wrestle with each other unless it was somehow a toiva for them, which is a hard case to imagine because even in boxing where everybody is meichel because they enjoy the fight, nobody wants to lose and no one wants to get hit. So it's very hard to imagine there actually being a toiva in this. I think it's probably pretty clear from the Alphabet that it'd be also to box or to wrestle professionally or even as a as an athletics activity and the Rebbe seems to say that in the letter too. What we're looking at over here though is a more subtle point and that is karate, martial arts. Now martial arts are not exactly the same thing as professional boxing and professional wrestling. Here the sport isn't smack the other person. Here the sport is learn how to defend yourself. It doesn't always involve hitting another person. There are forms of karate, forms of martial arts where instead of practicing on your friends, you practice on, I don't know, uh, items or you don't necessarily hit somebody. You stop before you hit them. I believe martial arts when they're done right. I mean, when they're done on a on a stage that they're, they're hitting each other or trying to hit each other. But there's a possibility martial arts might not fall into the same gather. This letter is not published in Igris. This letter was put out in a chura and it was printed in a book. Um, I, I, the title's in the corner. Merida the Der Nabuch is where it's printed in the book. It's also printed in a chura. It's circulated. I have a very strong suspicion it was written in English because the Hebrew is uh, not the Rebbe's Hebrew. 
So it either was written in Yiddish or English and translated, or uh, or the Maskiris wrote this letter uh, in their own in their own signa, because the Hebrew is not the way the Rebbe ever writes. Uh, so you, you'll you'll notice this immediately is that the Hebrew doesn't sound like the Rebbe's Hebrew. In any event, this I sent you this whole letter, and it is uh is such a cool letter. You really, if you have a couple minutes today, read the beginning and read the end, because we're not going to today. In the beginning, the Rebbe talks all about how it's so important to make sure that children in America don't feel that their religion is inferior, don't feel that Judaism is less cool than the other religions, and that Jewish school is less cool than other schools. And he gives them advice on how to make sure that doesn't happen. It's just a very insightful letter that is as practical uh, today as it ever was. In the end of the letter, he also talks about really interesting things. He talks about uh, Mordechai and Esther and why they didn't use some political means or physical means to try to stop Haman, why they instead turned to Teneke Shoveh. So that one is just a fascinating letter from beginning to end. Um, we're going to read just this section here where this writer had asked the Rebbe about starting in a Chabad school, a karate class in a Chabad high school. So they wanted a karate club in a Chabad high school. They wrote to the Rebbe, are you okay with this? And I'm going to go back a little further than I have to just because this part of the letter is so interesting, we can't not cover it. Because here the Rebbe talks about how sports in schools can be damaging in general. And I just, I I, I feel the need. So, Everything we've talked about up until now is regarding subjects, secular subjects, that the law requires. But again, sport. But when it comes to athletics in, in, in high schools and in schools and in colleges, when it comes to, uh, what's the word, the gym class, this requires particular caution. Because, as I'm sure you know, in many schools in America, even the very most prestigious schools in America, there really is an outsized emphasis on athletics. So much so. Even though this might be surprising for us to see, they actually rank students according to their athletic prowess. Here you must be talking about college sports, but I guess you even see this in high school sports. In a higher place, they, they rank the importance of their athletic prowess above their academic success. So that ever says this is so surprising, but believe it or not, there are schools in America where they will rank a student based on his athletic prowess, not just based on what he thinks and what he learns. This is done by the administrators. Certainly the students see it that way. See what I mean? This is not the Rebbe's Hebrew. This has, these damaging influences of having this sort of approach, and the, uh, and the emphasis that's generally put on sports stars, Look at that. Powerful sports stars. It should be self-understood just how damaging it is that children idolize sports stars, that schools idolize sports stars, that schools and school administrators give special credence to sporting stars. The Rebbe says this entire system is, is messed up. That's what he's saying in that paragraph. The whole system of college athletics and the whole system of children idolizing sports heroes, the Rebbe is not happy with at all. Now, this is not what we're talking about. I just couldn't resist. Okay. But here what we're talking about, at least uh, the part that has to do with us, the Rebbe says in our private conversation prior, they, they met with the Rebbe to discuss their school. We talked about permitted versions of athletics. Of course, this is to exclude any activities that inspire the Yetzer for aggression. Any activities that inspire the Yitzhah for aggression, the Rebbe does not want the children to be learning these sports. 
and then he gives some examples. He's afkos viskarafkos. That is wrestling and boxing. So Rebbe says off the bat, I don't want children learning wrestling and boxing. I don't want people learning wrestling and boxing because these are things that are meera the yetzer for alimus. These things inspire the yetzahara for uh, for aggression. But then you ask me about karate. Karate is not the same thing. Maybe we could include it in our curriculum and the goal would only be self-defense. It wouldn't be to teach them aggression. It wouldn't be to teach them, uh, it, w- it wouldn't be to, uh, to teach them how to hit other people. The idea would be self-defense only. I don't think, says the Rebbe, you can really, I don't think you really can remove the violence from, from karate. I mean, you can make it into something that's about self-defense, but it has a violent side to it. And I don't think you really can remove it. This would be the case even if your school was the only place in Miami, the schools in Miami, that they were teaching karate. But here, it's well known. People know what karate involves. So people know uh, people know the details of it. Even if there's a student in one class who uh, who, know, who, uh, who knows about it, he was going to talk with his classmates about it. He'll be able to then encourage his school to pick up karate without any of the limitations you put in place. So the Nebuchadnezzar's concern here is, I think, that uh, if you start a mutter form of karate in your school, which is purely self-defense, which isn't aggressive, which is mainly, to, which is really just to pr- teach the kids to protect themselves and, I don't know, gain confidence. If you do that, you make a kosher karate, then somebody in another school will hear that your school has karate and demand full-on karate, which is completely inappropriate. I think that's what the Rebbe is saying here. Um, and if this doesn't happen, this other student doesn't get what he wants, and they won't let him have the karate he thinks your school has, then he'll resent his school. Both of these options, both of these scenarios are completely uh, uh, they're not desirable. Since in most high schools, karate is not a required course, and it doesn't really help the health of the body. I don't think that I've been saying here that there's no that there's no uh, exercise that there's no um, exercise value in it. Just that there are better exercises than karate. I don't think anybody would say that the best way to get in shape is to do karate. It's you know, and it's one of many forms of athleticism. I think that we should not include karate in one of our schools. That's what, the, from here, the Rebbe goes into a different topic in his letter. Um, so what we're getting here from karate, from the Rebbe's take on karate, and the only letter that we know of of the subject, I searched far and wide, and I don't believe the Rebbe ever wrote about martial arts in any other context. This is our only letter, and of course, it is specific to this school in Miami and its concerns. We do see a couple concerns here. One thing that we see is that anything that is the Yetzir Alimus, Cannot be done at all. The Rebbe is not happy with anything that has murdered the Yetzir Alimus. He specifically lists boxing and wrestling and also does not seem to feel that karate falls into that category where he simply would have listed karate there. So karate in and of itself doesn't seem to be the same as boxing and wrestling in that it's not murdered the Yetzir Alimus. It doesn't inspire people to be violent in the same way. Nonetheless, the Rebbe is concerned about martial arts for a different reason. It says even if you uh, even if you take the violent element out of martial arts and turn it into something that will not be ma'er the yetzer alimus, you also have the fact that when martial arts is cleansed in one school, other schools will want to do it in a way that is uh, that is that is less kosher. And he's worried that either they'll get what they want and they'll be able to do less kosher forms of karate, or they won't get what they want and there will be resentment. And furthermore, he doesn't feel that uh, he doesn't feel that it's all that necessary for physical health, so he doesn't want it in our schools. If this can be extended, and I don't know that it can, but if this can be extended, there is a hanging implication here that would have a lot of uh, applicability for, uh, for, for other activities. 
the Rebbe is saying that even when you make something kosher, at least in the case of karate, even when you make something kosher for your school, if people know what that thing normally involves, they're going to demand the non-kosher version of it. And there, and you've introduced something now that everybody else has to deal with. I don't know if this applies to things like kosher yoga or kosher meditation or other activities where they've been made mutter, but one could imagine that it might, right? One, one could imagine that the Rebbe Shita here is that my problem with kosher karate is that it's going to lead to non-kosher karate. You could wonder if that applies to other fields that people are gradually making kosher versions of, but that's just a guess. In any case, um, I looked up to see what uh, some of our postgames, some of our abundant were saying about martial arts, about karate, about boxing. Um, and uh, they all seem to be asking the paintball Shaila nowadays. Nowadays, everybody was asking the paintball Shaila, can we do paintball? It would seem the paintball has a lot of the same in Yanam. Rav Brain has a chulva revolving around paintball where he also discusses martial arts and also discusses boxing and wrestling. And he seems to feel there that we might have a heter in the bottom of the Altadeba over here. Let me just pull it up on the screen and then we'll finish for the day. We saw down here that the Altadeva says that it is mutter for somebody to give you permission to hit them if they're going to benefit from it. If it's a, if it's a teva hiloi, if it's a teva form. The example the Altadeva gives is chuva. But it sounds like we do have we do have enough authority over our bodies to permit people to hurt us if we actually benefit from it. He wanted to say that it's possible in cases like paintball, where it's a recreational activity that people uh, that people look forward to, when it's a recreational sport that involves one person hitting another, maybe something like tackle football, that you could imagine that if you could say maybe that it's Tevihilai, that their rishos for hitting would work, because in that case, it's clearly good for them. I'm not sure I agree, because I don't think anybody wants to get hit in any of these sports. Meaning a person plays paintball, ideally they don't want to get hit. They want to hit the other person. That's the goal of the sport. When you're playing tackle football, you don't want to get tackled. You want them to miss you. So I, I don't think that you can really say tevihilai by any activity where I go into it hoping I don't get hit. But uh, but I, I guess it, uh, that, that's a tzaruf that's a ian. Anyway, the Rebbe's shita on, uh, or something like the Rebbe's shita on boxing, on wrestling, and on karate in the only letters that we have on the subject.